0: Right the circle, left the circle, right the circle, Be in, Be out, floor, right the circle. Welcome to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast where we discuss the original 1984 classic, The Karate Kid, one whole minute at a time. I'm Robin. And I'm Matt. And we are alone once again. We are just hanging out in the Yankees' backyard. Uh, Sanding Away with Daniel. Um, This is minute 68 of The Karate Kid. It begins with Ride a Circle and ends with Pain of Shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got me. (laughs) Uh, So where we left off, uh, Miyagi has just given Daniel his second lesson, Sand the Floor. And I also found it kind of interesting that you know, like later it comes up. He's like, "Show me sand the floor," but it, like he never like sand the floor is not something he calls it in this lesson. He just calls it right a circle, left a circle, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah, but Daniel
1: knows what he was doing. He was sanding <laughs> floor, sanding <laughs> floor. Uh,
0: and you know, he's saying this as he, you know, he starts walking away, and it's the that Miyagi ASMR is is going. You know, he's just. Res- repeating it over and over again, and then the breathe in, breathe out, you know, interspersed. I call it the Miyagi teaching through neglect uh, <laughs>
1: uh, method. <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 I'm i going to watch you do it once and trust you know what you're doing and you're not, like, imprinting, like, bad habits
0: over the course of the
1: next five hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then you know, he's, he, he starts walking away, singing over and over again. Then he turns and he goes, whole floor. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, oh, you kidding me? And he just repeats it again and again and again. And as Daniel's getting to work here, it looks like he lets up this big sigh. And then I realize, oh, no, he's doing breathe in, breathe out.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. He takes it pretty well.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The only way uh, I would do these tasks in real life if I was him... And this was real life. The only way I would do these tasks is if the myst- the mystical music was diegetic and I could actually hear it, I'd be like, Okay, well, I mean, I have to be
0: getting superpowers. Listen to this music. Yeah. <laughs> Interspersonally. <you're known>. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um uh, I I I think uh I mean, I remember I did some, you know, I worked out in the gym a lot, uh, at at one point when I was feeling motivated and, uh, I would make like playlists of different scores and, uh, yeah. Uh, Bill Conti's, uh, Rocky music definitely was a big thing. This, Mm -hmm. this might be a little slow going, but I guess if you're, you know, doing something like sanding the floor and not having to keep you like your energy up, but it would uh, be good for yoga probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, a portion of the score uh this one is called Japanese Sander um, not, not a lot of um creative titles to these no <laughs> but um i just got this idea just thinking about this a- as i was listening to it and uh, just yeah feel it tell me if i'm crazy um but i feel like Bill Conti and Zamfir kind of work together like Miyagi and Daniel like they're like they're illustrating uh, the feeling, uh, you know, between them uh, a- as like a, like a, like a song. <laughs> Sorry. What? You, have, you, have, you, have, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't stopped me saying say you're crazy. Cause uh, well, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. All right. All right. So he- here's what I'm thinking. I'm just trying to bring what's going on in my brain through the microphone into your ears. I, <laughs> okay. So we start off with Bill Conte. Like, yeah, it, it, just thinking about how the score goes, Bill Conti, uh, the repeating rhythm, <singing> and it's that over and over again. Right. And yeah. I start thinking that's repeating. That's Miyagi right there. That's our, that's what I like to call the ASMR, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then, you know, as the score moves along, you know, it does that for like 30 seconds. Then all of a sudden, Zamfir kicks in do 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 the you know the pan flutes yep. and i think zamphir's daniel he's like he's like the melody and it, like if you just kind of close your eyes and listen to the score it's like miyagi is uh you find one of them is
1: more attributed to miyagi and one's more daniel
0: yeah because Miyagi's doing that repeating rhythm he's he's giving that foundation if you will yeah. you know? and 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 Daniel is like, you know, it's like this melody and it's not like repeating over and over again. It's finding my own way through this whole thing. And I feel like it's it's like a almost like a bird gaining flight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's just what I think about when I hear this, like this, these slow training montage uh, bits of score. It's that that kind of goes on in my mind. And I just wanted to share that. Feel free to call me crazy. Uh, Feel
1: free to use it in your film studies
0: group. <laughs> <laughs> Write a paper on it. <laughs> this is my film studies group. <laughs> Hopefully somebody appreciate it. All right. I mean, I, I can see it. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, I don't know
1: anything about music composition, though, so I don't know if it was conscious. I
0: don't, I don't either. Uh, not really. Uh, but, I, but I think to myself, you know, that that foundation, that's Bill Conte. That's his, that's his, you know, orchestra doing that part. Um, and then it's, uh, or, you know, it's just like strings or whatever, but it's Zampir is the one that's doing the, the flute, the pan flute. So I almost think of it as they're kind of doing a, like a jam session, like a duet <laughs> like he's you know uh if you go ever go to like a you know a guitar jam or like a like a drum circle or something like that, like somebody's laying down something and then somebody jumps on to that, you Well, know, did they you
1: know, actually but, collaborate on the score
0: i i i assume so, yeah that we we kind of talked about that i mean bill conte uh kind of hired him to work on it,
1: yeah, like, but I mean were they like working together or did you just like contact him out <laughs> to do some stuff and be like,
0: Oh yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wish I knew more about that recording process. Like did he, did Zamfir come to uh, America and, or did Bill Conti, you know, like that they meet in a, I don't even know where this play, this, this score was recorded, but um, did, did, you know, or did, did Conti like kind of just send off like, here's what we're doing, play something over this, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Did sounds you? Kn- like you sounds like you need to do more research. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was more uh, discussion about, you know, bits and pieces of of, of a uh, more than thirty year old movie. Um, I don't know. Did you know <laughs> that sandpaper is not actually made out of sand?
1: <laughs> is it made out of rocks?
0: Close. <laughs> it's made out of. I mean, I guess you can call them rocks. Uh, uh, they're uh, they're abrasive minerals uh, like aluminum di- uh, aluminum oxide or garnet that are glued onto a paper backing. And those minerals are what have the sharp points. But it's not like sand. It's, so actual sand
1: wouldn't work that well.
0: I don't know. Maybe. Because I, I think that
1: would be cheaper because sand is everywhere. <laughs> so I assume, I assume sand doesn't actually work.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, it would, would because it's yeah, cheap. I would assume it breaks down easier. You know, mm-hmm. sand is like what would happen if the, these minerals broke down. I, I don't know. Um, so when you push sandpaper across a piece of wood, the abrasive grains cut tiny shavings out of the surface. Guess what the shavings are called by people mm-hmm. in the know. I have no idea. <laughs> Swarf. <laughs>
1: well, how would I ever guess?
0: that? <laughs> That's why I asked if you, you if, maybe you are not give, one of those people in the know.
1: You could give me infinite guesses. I would never guess that. <laughs> That's not a real word. That it is. I mean, exists outside of that. <laughs> I thought maybe you know it would be something related to sand. I don't. Know.
0: Yeah. No, it's Swarf. And did you Sounds know like a Star Trek character? <laughs> I was thinking of uh the, the the mascot for the Thundercats. Snarf. Snarf. <laughs> uh do you know what wood Swarf is called? Come on, you uh, got this one. That sounded dirty. Uh I don't know. <laughs> Sawdust. Oh come on. <laughs> See that was an that was that was a layup. I handed it to you, but yeah, but now I'm expecting you're so intimidated by Swerve. Now I'm expecting go. Go? <laughs> So when you buy sandpaper, you have to pick out the proper grit number. Now, yeah. how do you think they measure the grit number? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I love I love this. Uh, <laughs> it it's often thought as the number of grit particles per square inch on the sandpaper? Not true. It's the number of holes per square inch in the screens that are the foundation of the sandpapers manufacturing. So if you have more holes, that means your grit particle number will be higher. <laughs> swarf. Uh,
1: <laughs> That's, that should be a new swear. Mm-hmm. Whenever we want to swear, we should just say
0: swarf. <laughs> yeah. ah swarf if you want to sand large amounts of wood off of something you'd want the grit number to be 60 to 80 but if you want to achieve like a glass smooth texture to wood you're going to need more of like a 320 grit now if you go for a 00 grit that's just the jersey number of the mascot of the philadelphia flyers can you guess what the mascot of the philadelphia flyers name is better be swarf nope it's, it's gritty uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are screaming at you about not knowing that i don't like sports i'm sorry <laughs> you may not like sports but you can like gritty sure you never you never did anything wrong as far as i know <laughs> have you seen gritty before do you know are you familiar with gritty nope oh my god All right. Uh, I just want to let all of our listeners know, uh, please uh, send Matt pictures of Gritty. He'll love it. Uh, (laughs) Gritty videos, anything. Uh (laughs) Uh All right. So you have to be careful. If your sandpaper is too coarse, you're going to do more damage than you want. According to decks.com, you got to use around a 60 to 150 grit sanding paper to do a project like Miyagi's deck. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, make sure you're watching your sandpaper. If it's too worn, you're going to be doing all that work for nothing. That's why it's kind of important for us that we see that by nightfall, the deck is has like several used pieces of sandpaper scattered about. So it's good to see that Daniel is changing the sandpaper on his little sanding blocks. Good job, Daniel. Yeah. Now, what do you think the cardinal rule of sanding is? Uh, <laughs> Come on, the cardinal rule. Golden circles. No! That, <laughs> that is totally wrong. That is, that is exactly what it isn't. The card, the cardinal rule, according to the family handyman, is you have to sand with the grain. Uh-huh. That way, the scratches that the sandpaper leaves are hidden by the grain of the wood if you sand left a circle, right a circle, you could leave circular scratches in the wood or cause damage as the sandpaper picks up the edges of the grain. So then you're just making more things to sand down. Hmm. Yeah. So he's just ruining Miyagi's deck. But Miyagi, <laughs> Miyagi asked him to do it, so. Uh, yeah, and he even pointed out the right way to do it. He's like, is it, wouldn't it be easier to do it? No, nope, it's not easier. Do it the wrong way. <laughs> Also, you should be wearing a mask. Uh, wear a mask, people, when, when you're sanding, of course, because it's 1984. Why else would you wear a mask? <laughs> <laughs> what c- what can uh, the dust particles do to you? Listen, you don't want any swarf in your nostrils. <laughs> you got a nostril full of swarf that causes a lot of damage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or in your eyes. So... Uh, that's all my sanding facts. <laughs> it was very exciting, and I'm so glad you went on that journey with me. <laughs> uh, now I comes to my notes, uh, my part of my notes. It's called uh, deleted bits. Uh, according to the script, um, you know that rough draft. Daniel does about three circles to start off with, and immediately gets a splinter. <laughs> Uh, which makes him decide to take his t-shirt off, wrap it around his hand for protection and then continue. Um, so I'm assuming there were like, I, I I don't know if Ralph Macchio felt like in the best physical shape to be like just working shirtless in the sun, you know, mm-hmm. like he's not like, he's not like Patrick Swayze or Rob Lowe or somebody, you know, um, but who knows, you know, uh, or, or he could have been like, that's not in my contract. Or they could have just changed it. I don't know. Hey, I don't, don't, I don't do nudity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, in the uh, script, it says, uh, later as it gets towards sunset, Daniel's standing away and then he smells something. And it says, quote, he looks over his shoulder to the far end of the newly sanded deck where Miyagi is cooking fish on a small coal brazier. Brazier? Mm -hmm. Not not a bra, a brazier. Uh, Daniel's hunger is apparent. Miyagi removes the fish and enters his house. Daniel sands furiously, his renewed uh, vigor uh, fueled by a growing hunger. He keeps one eye on his work and one eye on the door. Finished, he throws off the sander and goes to enter the house just as Miyagi exits. Face to face, the old man burps contentedly. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's just mean <laughs> that is mean is that what the
1: toothpick was about
0: he had just finished the fish I- i'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> but uh they cut that part out so it assumed that he would you know i got the idea that he was eating something or he was done eating um when we see him come out of there but um but uh yeah uh so in the actual movie, we see uh, day turn to night and Daniel has sanded all the way to Miyagi's door. And that's when Miyagi kind of steps out courageously in bare feet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Testing, <laughs> testing his work. Yeah. And, uh, he says, you know, very good splinter, all go- splinters, all gone. And Daniel says, you know, like I'm finished. And he says, Mr. Miyagi, I'm beat, man, my shoulders. And it's just like right here. I'm waiting for the Miyagi clap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, nope,
0: You nope. not yet. <laughs> not
1: yet, not yet. But he's like, he's taking it all in stride. He's like smiling and kind of almost laughing like, ah, my shoulders hurt so bad, it's funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. I get into a little bit of this in the next minute, but I feel like it's like Daniel looking for some sort of acknowledgement about all the work he's done, and Miyaki really doesn't give him a lot. Yeah. But uh, I found some other fun facts here. Based on the answer the the answer you give to this question, um, it's not about sandpaper. Uh, what would you call the shirt that Miyagi is wearing when he walks out? <laughs>
1: was, it just, was it just a button-up shirt, or, or no? Wait, was it was it a a wife beater?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what was you know has been called a wife beater also Mm -hmm. known as a sleeveless top uh a tank top a muscle shirt uh an a shirt uh so i found out thinking about like what a crude name a wife beater is what's what's the reason well you'll be happy to know i found this article in mel magazine (laughs) and it said that um you know, the shirt was introduced in 1935, uh, when a wool sock company called Cooper's, uh, Cooper, uh, actually, uh, first introduced the world to briefs, which are, you know, regular underwear mm-hmm. and, uh, they needed a shirt to pair it with the, with the briefs. So Cooper, uh, later known as jockey, uh, created the A shirt, which is short for athletic shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in case you're wondering, a T-shirt is named after the T-shape of the shirt. Well, I knew uh, and I Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I figured I'd tell everybody that didn't know. Yeah, I, I'm not the only person that needs to know this. <laughs> <important information. laughs> this, is, this is very good information. I think it's kind of funny that it's – and it was – I saw in the article it was kind of uh, chuckled about that this shirt is called the athletic shirt because why would you want to work out – in a shirt that has like no sleeves. And so like all your sweat and gunk are just kind of like, there's nothing catching at. There's nothing. It's just all like out there in the air. It's, well, your armpits can breathe better. I guess so. But I don't know who wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the shirt uh, soon caught on and was extremely popular with American men. So introduced in 1935, And now we fast forward to 1947, like 12 years after the shirt known as the A-shirt gets its new name. Uh, A Detroit native, James Hartford Jr. was arrested for beating his wife to death. Uh, The local media put his photo on the front page of all these different newspapers and it just was a picture of him uh, in his arrest photo wearing a bloodstained A-shirt and the caption under the picture was the wife beater. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for some reason, I I don't understand. I wasn't living back then. <laughs> I don't get it. Like were people just kind of tongue in cheek, like going, you know, the wife beater? Those shirts, those are the wife beater shirts. Just like that guy in Detroit. I just don't understand how that became like a, a national, maybe even yeah, international did thing.
1: Yeah, how spread across the country?
0: So weird. Uh, there was a movement a few years back to rebrand the shirts as respecters. What? <laughs> so, yeah, they're trying to call the shirts respecters instead of respect
1: wipers. Respect your wipers,
0: you know? I guess. Uh, and uh, I did find a... a a funny little Simpsons reference where I guess Ned Flanders takes his shirt off to reveal he's wearing an A shirt and he calls it his wife blesser. That's really all I have for this minute. Did you have anything else?
1: Mm, No, all I had was that all I had that was that I would only do this work If I could hear the inspirational music, like just coming from out of nowhere, like like I'm actually going to get something out of this. And that Mr. Miyagi's got weird mood
0: swings. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah, I would love it if diegetic music happened, like if you you had a soundtrack to your life. Yeah, just like all of a sudden, like Like music would start up whenever you start on something
1: yeah you could always tell when somebody was going to be like
0: successful at a task yeah the the, uh, Mario level level music level ending music uh, (laughs) you're working out of a oh the music started when the other team got the ball we're doomed guys (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) uh right. well now that we've eliminated all the splinters and smoothed things out for this minute uh, let's wrap things up um please send us feedback to KarateKidMinute at gmail.com. And, you know, make sure if you send any pictures uh, about Gritty, I will will forward them to Matt. Um, Follow us on Twitter uh, or join the Miyagi-Do Karate Dojo Facebook group. Just search on Facebook and Twitter for Karate Kid Minute. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are served. And until next time. Make block.
1: Left, right, up, down, side, side. Breathe in, breathe out. And no scarefish.